Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, I'm so excited that you guys are here tonight. My name is Stallion, and we have an incredible night planned for you guys. Listen, I can go ahead and tell you right now that everyone falls into one of two camps. There are those who like The Greatest Showman and those who love The Greatest Showman. That's right. Um, hopefully you're someone who loves this movie and thinks it's awesome because... Spoiler alert, it is, okay? Um, I'll, I'll be honest with you guys. Growing up, I was never a musical kind of guy. In fact, I remember my grandma, whenever we would watch a movie that was a musical, she'd be like, oh, not another song. And so growing up, that's how I felt about musicals. And when this movie came out, I will be honest with you guys. I'm just, can, can we have like an honesty real moment right here, right now? Can we do that? Yeah. Okay, no, thank you, man. Just, just one guy. But honestly, real moment, when this movie came out, I thought to myself, I can't go watch it because it's not manly enough. Okay, I'm just being honest with you guys. That's what I thought, and I was severely, sorely mistaken. But here's what happened for me. I actually started listening to the soundtrack. You see, we did, we did um, a sermon series in our main service, and at the end of it, they sang a song, and I was like, this song is awesome. What is this from? And people were like, The Greatest Showman. And then we went to a conference in Atlanta with Trevor and our youth staff, and they did one of the other songs, and I was like, this is incredible. And I started listening to the soundtrack, and I actually, the first time I watched this movie, I actually knew all of the songs from listening to the soundtrack without ever having even seen the movie. And I'm proud to announce that this past Friday, just two days ago, they actually came out with the soundtrack, again, The Greatest Showman Reimagined, and it is incredible, okay? They've taken some artists, some, some popular mainstream artists, and had them redo some of the songs. It's just incredible. You need to check it out. But you might be asking yourself, well, what does this have to do anything with what we were talking about? And the reason we're doing this, the reason we're talking about this movie tonight is because we're in a series called... Godflicks, okay, uh, whether you like this title or not, but we're basically looking at these different movies and, and what scriptural truths can be found inside of these movies. Now, listen, if I said to you, hey, we're preaching about a movie tonight, I would hope that you would get up and walk out and be like, style's crazy, okay, because we're not preaching about a movie, we're not preaching uh, about a, a film, about entertainment, but Trevor said to us last week as we kicked things off, this one simple little phrase, this has been our tagline and what's keeping us going in this series, is that all truth is God's truth. All truth is God's truth. You see, in Scripture it says that, that, that God, that Jesus himself is the truth. He is the word. And so when we see truth in other places, if someone sings a song or someone writes a poem, or if you see like even just like a beautiful scenery image or something like that, if truth is contained inside of it, it belongs to God. And we actually had someone after last week's message, a middle school student, or someone who said that they were reading some, some author in an English class, and they realized, man, what this person was writing was actually very beautiful, and it lined up with Scripture. That is awesome. That is incredible. We need to be critical. We need to think about what we're watching, consuming, and listening to, but it is possible to find within media, within movies and TV shows, principles that point us back to what Scripture says. And so in this series, we're taking a look at a couple different movies, and we're going to find concepts that are in the movie that were first in Scripture, and we'll be teaching about those scriptural principles. So... We will watch some clips tonight. We will not be able to watch all of the clips. This is like an hour and 45 minute movie condensed into 30 minutes and we also got to do some teaching. So we won't watch everything, we won't watch all the clips, we won't see every song, and I hate that. I wish I could incorporate so much more, but feel free to laugh, enjoy, sing along if there is a song. And are you guys ready for our very first clip? Are you guys ready for the very first clip? Let's go ahead and roll it. So for those of you guys who are not familiar with the story, there's this young dude, P.T. Barnum, and he is born the son of a tailor. And so he's born in a different societal 
class. He's in a different uh, system. He's just like doesn't mix with rich people except for to work for them or to serve them. And he has this friend, and obviously starts out uh, as this friendship and turns then into something romantic. But he has this desire to to make something of his life so that he can go and win the girl. And I think all of us resonate with a story like that. It's something exciting and inspiring about those kind of things. But what's interesting about this clip is that as they talk on the beach in the very beginning scene, um, he sits down with her and she's like, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know how this is going to work, even just, just because of where, we are, where we're at. And he kind of starts to expound through song about this dream that he has, a very clear dream and a very clear vision that he has for his future. And I want to start off with us tonight and talk about this idea of a dream, this idea of a concept, or, or, or this concept of a dream, this concept of, of a vision that we may have for ourselves, for our futures. You see, one of the incredible things that I think about you guys, more than, than, than students anywhere around the world, is that you guys are a remarkable group of guys and girls. And I don't just say this, but when I came to Lexington and started working in Lexington and meeting some of you guys and talking to you guys, it is just amazing some of the stuff that you guys are doing and accomplishing. When I think about some of you guys athletically, some of the sports that you guys are involved in, the things that you guys are, are passionate about, like you guys are some, some killer athletes in this room. You guys are great musically. We've had some incredible talent of, of people that come and join our, our, our worship team here that sing in our main service. You guys are killing it when it comes to the music world. But you guys are involved in all kinds of stuff. You guys are in like beauty pageants and, and you guys are accomplishing stuff. And I feel like every time I talk to you guys, it's like, oh, and by the way, I make straight A's. And it's like you guys do all these incredible things and your, your studies and your academics are great. And, and even if they're not, they're still like, like I remember like I was happy if I made straight C's. <laughs> that was me in high school, okay? And so I'll talk to you guys and you're like, yeah, I had a, a one bad grade. And it's like, no, you don't understand. Like you're incredible. And so we have these dreams, these, these passions, these things that you guys are good at. And that is incredible. That is awesome. That is a good thing. And hopefully you guys start to develop a desire in your lives to, to pursue some things, to, to find yourself in places, to chase after some of those dreams that you have. You see, Scripture is so interesting. In Psalm 37, verse 4, it says this. It says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. The idea is this, if we find our delight, if we find our satisfaction, if we find our, 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 our joy in Christ, then he will give us the desires of our heart. You see, a long time ago when I was thinking about where to go to school, where to go to college, I was, I was torn between two different schools. And I thought there was like this one right path for me. I thought I had to go right where God had me, not to the left, not to the right. Like it just there was one choice for me. And I was in a small group with a bunch of older guys, and they were encouraging me. We would pray for each other, and they knew that I was having a hard time picking which college I needed to go to. And one of the guys sent me this, this in a text message, this verse. And, and I think of the word delight. I don't, know, I don't know if you guys like sweets and like desserts, but oh my goodness, it's Thanksgiving, and we're about, to, we're about to party, okay? And that word delight, I just think of like, I just think of like a good dessert. Like you delight in, in some, oh, I don't like pumpkin pie, but some apple pie warm with ice cream on it. Woo! Okay? I mean, we delight in something. It means to take joy, to find pleasure, to be excited about. And if we can understand, if we can get that way with our walk with Jesus, if we can be excited about our relationship with him, God starts to align our heart. And it's not that you would be like, man, I, I desire a nice car. I desire a, a Bugatti, okay? It's not like I desire, like, riches of the world. What happens is if we start to follow after Christ, as we start to pursue God, our heart starts to become like his heart. 
And we start to get excited about the things that he's excited about. And we start to get passionate about the things that scripture teaches us. But God has wired each and every one of us in a unique and a special way. And as we start to follow what our desires are, what our passions are, if we're focusing on him, if we're allowing him to dictate that, if we are finding our satisfaction, our, our joy, our delight in him, that he will give us the desires of our heart. But a lot of times it's not an easy journey. It's not an easy road. We don't just wake up and we're living the dream. It's something that we have to work in step with God and pursue. You know, I was recently in a, in a leadership, um, uh, like a simulcast one-day event, and they actually explained this concept to business leaders, and, and they put it in business terms. They said everything starts with a dream. Everyone say dream. Everything starts with this word dream. And so you may have a, a desire, a dream, something that you want to do, something you want to accomplish. Just go ahead and put that slide up. Something that you want to do, a dream that you have. And so you, you seek out, to, and who knows what it is. You start a business because you need to fix a problem. If you've ever watched Shark Tank, it starts with a dream. There's something that you want to do, something that you want to accomplish. And the more you think about it, the more you refine it, the more you process it, you start to develop it into a vision. Okay, I see how it needs to happen. I see how I need to mold that. I see how I need to, to do this. And then you create a mission statement. Again, this is business talk. But the idea is you start to say, this, this is what I want to zero in on. This is how I want to do it. This is what I need to accomplish. And eventually, you develop goals. And as you follow those goals, as you pursue those things, you start to put this stuff into practice. And so tonight as we're talking, maybe you would think in the back of your head, what, what am I good at? What do I desire? And you may not know right now. Maybe like, Stylus, I'm just trying to make it out of the semester. I just want to make it through Christmas break, and that's okay. But as you continue to grow, continue to live your life, and continue to learn what, you, what excites you, what, what, what creates passion in your heart and your soul, you will start to see, man, this is what I want to, this is what I desire, this is what I want to pursue. These are my dreams. And it's important that our dreams align with those of Christ, because if we delight in him, he will give us the desires of our heart. Now, P.T. Barnum sets out on this, on this adventure. He wants to, to give his wife everything. He's, he's so excited. He's finally made it from poverty to a place where he can even like, go back to her family and say, I'm, I'm, taking, I'm taking your daughter. She's going to be my wife. And he, he starts to work this kind of idea of a dead-end job where he's not excited and things aren't going well at the job. And so he realizes, I need to do something differently. And so he goes to the bank. He gets a loan, and he buys a museum. And at first, the museum is not exciting enough. People aren't excited. They're not coming. They're not checking out the attractions because I need to do more. I need to try something else. And you guys know the story if you've seen the movie. He goes out and he finds people that are kind of like misfits. They have some physical abnormality or some, 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 something in their, their some physical attributes that are a little bit different. They're unique. They're not what you're used to seeing every day. And he convinces them to be a part of his show, to be a part of his circus. And he tells them that he empowers them. He tells them, man, people are already staring at you. You might as well make some money out of it. He says, you need to believe in yourself. You can become something unique. And he develops a circus around people that have these uh, deformities or abnormalities. And people come and start to watch, and he gains success. He gains popularity. He teams up with my man, Zac Efron. Woo! Shout out. He teams up with Zac Efron, and, and they move forward, and they partner together. And he ends up in England in front of the queen. And he meets Jenny, the woman who can sing heavenly, okay? And so he has her sing, and she performs this beautiful concert. And we're going to watch this clip of what happens after that time. Let's go ahead and, and watch the screen. So P.D. Barnum reaches the height of his success of his career. And if you know the, the movie, this is kind of a turning point. But it's so interesting because in this scene that we just saw, there's three things that happen that are kind of like the, the beginning of what's going to start to unravel a little bit. 
And the first one is the conversation with his in-laws. Now, obviously, he didn't have a good relationship with them. Uh, from, from a young boy, um, there's a scene where he actually is, is hit by the father-in-law. They, they send the daughter away to try to separate them. But he has this opportunity here where, where the father-in-law comes. And, and again, we, we don't know all the motives. It's a movie. But it seems like he's extending an olive branch. It seems like he's trying to, to, to make peace. It seems like he's trying to, to, to be civil with him. And P.T. Barnum decides in that moment, no, I, I want to lash out. I want to remind him of what he used to say to me and how he treated me, and I'm going to treat him like that. That's the first thing that we see. The second part is this conversation that he has with Jenny where he develops this, this unique connection because she says, you, they won't never understand, your wife won't understand because she was born in, in this wealthier class. She's not down here like us. And he's like, what do you mean? And she explains that her past has, brought, has come from, from a humble beginning just like his. And he develops this special connection, which may seem innocent in this clip, but what happens is he goes on tour with her, and just her, and he ends up kind of having this weird romantic thing where he doesn't cheat on his wife, but it kind of starts to go down that path. And then the third thing is these people that he's become friends with, that he's empowered and convinced to be a part of his show, his circus, we see here now that he's actually embarrassed of them. He's brought them in front of the queen, and he just kind of feels a little bit uneasy. They're about to come into his party. The party's all about him, and suddenly he kind of keeps them at arm's length. He's like, wait, no, stay out here. We, I, I don't need you guys. And it's interesting because when you watch this, like we said, all truth is God's truth. I'm just brought back to Scripture. I'm reminded of something in Scripture in Mark chapter 8. When Jesus is talking to a crowd, he says these things. He says he calls the crowd to him, and he says, If anyone would come after, come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and for the gospels will save it. And then he says in verse 36, For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world, yet to lose his soul? What does it profit a man? What benefit is there to someone to gain the whole world, to reach success, to reach the height of your career, to reach all the incredible things that you can achieve and accomplish, and yet to forfeit or to lose your soul. He says, if, if you're going to get up here, if you're going to pursue your dreams, if you're going to follow your desires, but at the cost of your family, at the expense of not being with them, or at the expense of maybe lying and cheating or, or cutting corners, if you're going to do all these great things, but you're not going to do it the right way, and you're going to lose your soul in the meantime, what good is it? And that's what we see that happens to, to, to Phineas. He accomplishes all these great things. He gets the circus to where it needs to be. He's in the right circles. He's hanging out with rich and famous people. And yet, he's about to lose his family. He's about to lose his friends. He's about to lose his marriage. And so as we start to think about our lives and our dreams and the things that are, are important to us, the things that we desire, the things that we want to follow after, it's one thing to chase after them. It's one thing to try to get them. It's one thing to follow after them. But if we lose ourselves in the meantime, that is not God's desire for us. That's not his will for us. And I think everything is summed up greatly by this conversation that, that Phineas has with his wife. This is after, after he kind of realizes his mistakes. He has this conversation. This is a really short clip. Let's go ahead and show this. This is a conversation he has on the beach with his wife. And don't worry. I cut the clip right before they kissed, okay? No worries. All right. But he says this incredible line to her. He says, he goes, I just wanted to be more than I was. And she responds, I never wanted anything more than the man I fell in love with. 
You see, I think we've fallen into this trap where we want to become more than what we are. We want to establish ourselves. We want to be greater. We want to just keep pursuing this, this dream, this idea, this thought, whatever it is. And listen, I understand you guys are in high school. And so you may not be thinking about this now, but maybe this is something that you tuck away in the back of your minds. There will be a time where you are pursuing after something, whether it is in sports, in music, in, 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 in competitions or whatever, in your college career, in your jobs in the future. There's something inside of us that moves us, that drives us, that pushes us to go forward, and that's a good thing. But if we pursue that and lose sight of Christ, lose sight of who we are and what he has designed for us, that's where it becomes dangerous. That's where it becomes a problem. That's where we can lose our, even our own identity. And this movie has all these other themes. If you watch the song with, with, with these people who are kind of misfits and outcasts and, and rejected by society, they realize that they're empowered, that God has, has made them the way that they are, beautiful because of who they are in Christ. Not because of what they look like, not because of what they can do and can't do. And that's true for each and every one of us. And if in our pursuit of our dreams, we lose sight of who God is and who he has created us to be, that's where there's a problem. That's where there's a disconnect. He says, I wanted to be more than I was. God has made us complete in who he has asked us to be. Now, the interesting thing that, that with this movie is that, of course, it has a happy ending, like all movies. And so we're going to watch one final clip where we're going to see a little bit of a turnaround, a little bit of a change in P.T. Barnum. We'll watch it, and I'll come, and we'll explain what it is that changes in his situation. Let's watch this last clip. It takes a great difficulty and a great challenge but eventually, P.D. Barnum understands that the biggest and most important thing that he has in his life, the biggest dream that he can chase and pursue for him is that of his family. It's to take care of them, to watch his daughters grow up, as he says, as he passes on the baton, to go watch them in the ballet, in their plays, and in their activities. And you see, in our culture, we miss this all the time. It's not just about work and, and doing other things, but we get so caught up. You see this in adults. You see this in maybe your parents or, or leaders. We, we see this with people all the time who miss the big point. We all get into it because of a dream. We all get into it because we desire something. And those things are great. They're given to us by God. But if we lose track, if we lose sight of what God is asking of us or how he's created us, we can totally miss the mark even in our pursuit and in our dream. And we can gain the whole wide world and still forfeit our soul, lose our relationship with him and lose track of what's most important. So we can sit down and watch a movie like this and be encouraged and inspired that as long as we keep Christ at the center of our dreams, of our passions, of how we view ourselves, of everything that we do, then whatever we pursue, we will keep him and he will bend and shape and mold our heart to follow and pursue after him. Now we're going to do things a little differently tonight. I'm going to pray for us and the band's going to come out. But instead of just singing a, a normal worship song, we've decided tonight we're going to sing P.T. Barnum's song, the song that helps him turn around and realize everything. And so I'd encourage you guys to sing along or maybe you just want to sit down. But look at the lyrics, look at the words and think about, man, as I get older, as I pursue my dreams, my passions, my desires, how can I keep Christ at the center of everything and keep him the main thing in my life? Would you guys close your eyes and bow your heads? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this evening. I thank you so much, Lord Jesus, for the guys and the girls in this room. And I thank you, Father God, that even through a movie, through entertainment, we can watch something like this and be encouraged and be reminded that you have an incredible 
dream for us, that you have an incredible path for each and every one of us. As Nick preached a couple weeks ago, Father God, you believe that we can do some amazing things. And so I pray for the students in this room, the students in our ministry, that as we go forth, Father God, as we accomplish amazing things in our lives and our careers and anything that we do, Father God, that we would never lose sight of you, the author, the finisher of our faith. Father God, may we do everything that we do for your glory, that in the pursuit of our dreams, we wouldn't forfeit our souls. Jesus, we love you so much. We're thankful for these truths. We're thankful for this message. Father, would you apply this to our hearts tonight? We ask these things in your precious and holy name. Amen.